0: to Saw Warning, a show talking all things lacrosse. I am your host, Ponchito ojeda Joining with me again is John Murray, the one-on-one lacrosse Northern California director, and Jeremy Bonner. Do I need to keep introducing you, Jeremy, as a D Mini who needs no slide?
1: No, that's all right. I think they know by now.
0: If they don't, they'll long-time find listeners, <laughs> first-time caller. Uh, how you guys doing today?
2: Doing all right. All right. Quiet weekend. <laughs> I uh, was able to get outside this weekend, uh, did a private lesson. That was great. First time I picked up a stick in a while.
0: That's nice. Was it a private lesson of less than 10 players?
2: Two two players, two one on my 2025s in Napa. Shout out.
0: There we go. A couple of Napa boys. That's great to hear. Jeremy, what would you do? This after
2: Uh very nice,
1: quiet, relaxing weekend, I will say feels like every day every day is a relaxing weekend but
2: yeah every day is still the weekend when you're a college student
0: every day's sunday i i will say uh, my wife woke up this morning and was like i wish there was something different about today but yet there's not it's the same day every day for a while
2: well today <laughs> we're doing a two for for podcasts switching yeah, it up
0: a two for only releasing one today the next one comes out on wednesday So uh, thanks for that little segue there, John. Let me give a quick shout-out and advertisement of a couple of things here. First is uh, our Sonoma Sevens League, inspired by the Premier Lacrosse League. It is the first men's league and youth league to play a 8-on-8 format with a 2-point arc and a shot clock. Join us at 101lax.com forward slash Sonoma-7s. We'd love to have you guys be playing with us. This is open for men and women. I know John's going to be joining the league, so will Jeremy. I will not be joining the league but only because I can't hit it from 12 and score two-pointers It's really the only reason. That's the only reason? <laughs> <laughs> there might be a commute issue, but that's – I don't want to talk about that.
1: <laughs> Logistical errors.
0: Uh, So, fellas, hey, look, in the early days, the pros basically had trades only, and then there was free agency, and everyone started making lots of dough. You know, it reminded me of what college was like before the transfer portal. You know, you used to have to sit out and, you know, it was hard to find out who was transferring. But now it seems like it's uh, it's the free agency of the NCAA. It gives a lot more power to the athletes, uh, which is, you know, good or bad. Depends on where you fall on that. But regardless, uh, a great chance for us to talk about the transfer portal today and talk about the guys in it. Uh, before we get into that, though, I want to give a quick update on the Dave uh, Petromala situation in terms of him moving on and uh just some thoughts on who we think might get the job so we'll open this up and and john you have a, a note in here of who you is gonna get the gig
2: yeah so i think if i'm johns hopkins i'd probably make a big push to dan chiamatti out of richmond um i think he's done a tremendous job starting that program making ncaa tournament three out of their first six years um and building a solid solid program So I really would like to see what this guy could do with a blue chip program like Johns Hopkins. I think he can add a little bit of uh, attitude and, you know, bring that chip on his shoulder coming from a, you know, relatively new program like Richmond.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's certainly familiar with Hopkins, right? He, he coached at Loyola for a while. And so very familiar with the Hopkins Loyola rivalry, and he's done amazing things with spiders I think you said this last week when we were talking about this briefly, and that they look to go in a different direction from the kind of six on six setup to something a little more fast paced. And certainly Richmond is not afraid of speed. Uh-huh. So, uh, Jeremy, who's your pick to replace Petro?
1: Uh, to be completely honest, I'm not a 100% sure. I'm still very new to the whole coaching kind of situation. So I'm still learning a lot about all those NCAA and professional coaches. So I don't really want to give an opinion because I'm not a hundred percent sure what my opinion would be.
0: Got it. The ultimate fence rider. Uh, Of course. Of course. Very smart move there, Jeremy. You're going to make no enemies. Uh, The, you know, so my, my thoughts on this are, I think they have to go with the, a Hopkins alum. I think to move away <laughs> from a Hopkins alum is just going to be too difficult. Uh, while I like the Chiamati pick, I think it's probably going to be a Hopkins alum. I think it's going to be between uh, Greg Raymond, Scotty Maher, and Sean Natalin. And I-, I love everyone seems to be talking about Sean Natalin. I think he's a great, great pick and great coach. But I, I think it's likely to be Scotty Maher. I just think he uh, embodies that kind of fast paced lacrosse. I think he's someone players will like. Um, He's very, definitely very different than Petro. Uh, and, you know, and that's no disrespect to Petro. I mean, Scotty Marr posted in his Inside the Cross article how much he appreciated him and what he meant to to the Mar family. So I think it'd be a great way for him to pick up the torch and carry on what Petro's done. And um certainly his son and brother both played at Hopkins. So that would be my pick. Yeah, for, I think that's a play. really
2: good pick. You know, the change of... uh Coaching philosophy, and you know Scott Marr proved he could recruit at Albany, so it's going to be really interested to see what he could do again at Hopkins and the type of talent he could pull in there.
0: Yeah, big big question would be if if Marr gets a job, does Nana Cook follow him to Johns Hopkins? And if he does, how fast do they win a title? <laughs> um, so moving on from there, you know, let's just talk about this. Let's assume that one of these head coaches—Raymond, Nalin, Marr, Piamatti gets the gig, you know, it's going to start the carousel. Um, are there any assistance that you guys see uh, that might be kind of waiting in the wings that we, we look at as the next next potential head coaching gig to fill one of these spots?
2: I think you put in two good names in our pre-show notes uh, with Wellner from Notre Dame um, and the Hobart guy. Those are two coordinators who run what, some of the best um, six-on-six units in the country. Uh, with Notre Dame's D Hobo, he's the offensive guy, correct?
0: Yeah, Brundage is uh is the one who famously did the pairs with Chris Bates at Drexel, and uh, yeah, was we'll at Marquette for a while with Amplo. and now he's. Um,
2: so those two guys really push the um the schemes magically and they're on the like the cutting edge of um how to run defense and offense. So yeah, I'd be really interested to see those guys get a shot at a head coaching gig.
0: Yeah, 100% I agree. Uh, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna talk next week about where we see Petro ending up. I think we all need to wait a little bit of time to see if some head coaching job opens or if, uh, you know, what assistance situations happen. So, uh, we'll, we'll save that for next week, but certainly lots to talk about there. And we we were all glad to hear that Petro's gonna be coaching again on LSN. Mm-hmm. You can watch that video on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, it's worth it. It's 13 minutes long. Take the time and watch it. Um, so now we'll talk about the transfer portal, a la Free Agency for College Lacrosse Athletes. Uh, let's first talk about the effect for Hopkins and also some quick thoughts on it. And then I'll let you guys talk about the portal overall. Uh, I pretty much think that with Hopkins letting Petro go at this time, they have ruined any chance they have at getting any transfers this year. Uh, there's just yeah. no leader. If I'm a college student, I see no reason to transfer Hopkins. Uh, I think you'll see in my notes about a couple different guys that I have and where I think they might be going. Uh, that I think Hopkins was a place that they could have ended up without Petro there or any leader for that matter. uh, They are in trouble. So, uh, but overall thoughts on the portal guys.
2: I love the portal. So I've always been big um, college athlete supporter, like anything that benefits the college athlete, I'm all for. So removing that one year sit out um, that they used to have, I think really benefits, you know, college players who might be put in bad situations Um, with, like, a coaching change or just didn't, like, wrong fit at the school. This really frees up their movement, so I'm all for it.
0: Jeremy, what do you think?
1: I think it's very, very cool, similar to what John just mentioned. um, When I was looking for colleges, everyone, like, every single person that I possibly could have talked to Was telling me to find a school that fits you. Don't find um. Don't change yourself to fit the school, and I think with a lot of D one athletes, they kind of forget about that. They get a little bit caught up in that whole "I'm going to go D one. I want to play here" kind of thing, and the portal really gives them that that potential to go somewhere where they feel a little bit more comfortable. They can they can succeed more, which I think is very interesting. Very cool.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. You the the thing that is difficult is certainly the portal opens the door for players to leave for the wrong reasons. Uh, but I think it's worth the benefit for all the players who, who need it. So that's great. So let, let's talk about some tops transfers. Uh, we, we agreed that we would not uh, debate over who gets to talk about sour since we all, we all love them. So uh, 30 seconds on sours. We'll start with you, John.
2: So, Originally, I heard a lot of Syracuse. Lately, I've been hearing a lot of Duke. So I have him going to Duke, teaming up with uh, Brennan O'Neill, the number one recruit in the country, getting Kai Montgomery back, and their stud freshman Canadian, Dyson Williams, next year.
1: That All is right. absolutely insane.
2: <laughs> My that worst nightmare. Insane. Not a big Duke fan, but, you know, great academic school. Good alumni network. Good lacrosse fit for any any team that gets Michael Sowers is gonna fit perfectly. He's instantly the best player on your team.
0: So, uh, Jeremy. Not you thinking Blue Devil or you think somewhere else?
1: That's a good question. That's a good question. I actually really do like that Syracuse idea. I will say something about Michael Sowers and Chase Scanlon playing together kinda it gets me excited along with having Tucker Dordovic up to dodge at midfield. It's uh it could be something scary if he does decide to go a little bit off off the rails.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm I don't know if I'd call Syracuse off the rails, really. I mean they're like number one team in the country at the end of the year, but that's true. That is true. That is true.
2: It'd be KD joining the Warriors after seventy three I... wins.
0: I would be concerned about the fact that he's gonna have to wear an orange that isn't Tiger Orange, which is is concerning to me. If I'm Michael Sowers, uh, I, I think Hughes and Duke both have their benefits for sure. But I think at the end of the day, um, Penn state's the best place for him lacrosse wise. And I think academically, you know, he's going to have a degree from Princeton. Does it really matter where he gets his graduate degree? Sure it really? it does. <laughs> uh, and, and he would be filthy animal at Penn state, especially with uh, Mac O'Keefe coming back um, and grant Amon leaving. He's like the, the natural fit for that. So and I think he'd fit well with Tambo and in, in, in the way, he coach T uh runs his team so I like him at Penn State but we'll see um so that's 30 seconds on Sowers so now we're gonna talk about a few transfers we think key guys uh, John you want to get us rolling here with a couple guys you like yeah.
2: so first is Sean Leahy out of Providence um I've actually had the opportunity to coach him back when he was in high school um he's a stud all-around midfielder can shoot pass dodge feed um when he was healthy, he battled some injuries at Providence, though he was always one of their top leading scorers. I see him fitting into a Big Ten team that could potentially be looking for, um, a dominant, uh, first line committee. My second guy is Madronic out of Harvard. So he's a sophomore, so he'll be able to, um, transfer two Ivies. So he's not a grad transfer. He has uh, 31 goals and 18 assists and 16 career games at Harvard, and I see him going to Yale and kind of filling in their attack uh, lineup. That's kind of a question with uh, Gaudet might be graduating, and um, what's his
0: name? Jackson Morrill.
2: Yeah, Jackson Morrill, possibly moving on. And then the last guy is Cole Williams out of Johns Hopkins.
0: Do you think with Leahy, uh, you have notes here of Notre Dame, OSU, and in Michigan? Mm-hmm. Which one do you see him going to?
2: I think Notre Dame probably needs him the most. If uh, Costabile doesn't come back, they need that big uh, midfielder who could dodge a pole. I think Leahy could fill that really um, instantly. But I see him, you know sliding into Ohio State, too, as a first-line midi. But I think if I'm Notre Dame, I'd push hard for him in the transfer portal.
0: Yeah, I like him at at Notre Dame or or Ohio State. You know, Michigan needs to land some some big players, so this would definitely be one of those guys.
2: Yeah. So finally, uh, my three is Cole Williams at Johns Hopkins. Um, When I was doing research on this, pulled up Ty Zander's um, Twitter page And it was Petro leaving and then right immediately following Cole Williams entering the transfer portal. Um, So I think that was definitely an effect of it. And I see him going to UVA and probably trying to compete for that Michael Krause lefty spot. Um, Definitely some stiff competition down at UVA, but I think um, good academic school could be a good fit for him down there.
0: Yeah. I had the chance to coach against Cole Williams when we were playing some travel ball a few summers back and, uh let's just say he scored a lot of goals. Um uh, I, I like Cole Williams a lot. I th- I think a a change of venue where he's not the go to guy would actually be good for him. Uh I think that he had his best years with Joey Epstein on the on the field uh because because it allows him to be an off ball player or or get the two or the three matchups. So I, I like that a lot. Um so uh Jeremy, let's let's get a couple guys from you. What are you thinking?
1: So my top My top guys were actually Griffin Brown from Colgate and Sean Mulaney from Holy Cross. So Griffin Brown, he was definitely my favorite. He's a phenomenal overall player. He's a midfielder. I'm sorry, he's an attackman that can kind of carry the ball and move it all over the field by himself. He's very slippery inside with a lot of catches and finishes and overall he's just a very very smooth clean player that I really really enjoyed watching. I could definitely see him fitting in somewhere like Ohio State or even like uh like a Virginia just because of how how sharing he is with the ball and how much he looks to get open um I know it's a lot as it is with most Division one players, but for it's something about him he's just always looking for that one step that he needs to to find a space and really get the ball to dump and Sean Mullaney is a very very solid player I haven't actually been able to watch any of his uh of his game film, but he was at 7 goals and 6 assists in their first 5 games of the season at Holy Cross and he was only only looking to get better. He had preseason predictions from the Patriots League predicting that he would be one of the highest scorers. He was actually the top scorer for Holy Cross in their 2019 spring season. So I think he definitely was a was a strong contender for something that could have been. I could definitely see him fitting in somewhere like kind of like kind of like Duke He's a little bit bigger of a player. He's more solid, and he's uh, very confident in carrying the ball. My third one was actually Eric Holden, but I didn't realize that Paunch had had grabbed that one also. So I don't want to, I don't want to steal it from him. <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> My bad. Okay. We'll see who's um, right. I didn't have a lot. I did not have a lot. I have him at uh, leading Hobart to a four and one record with twenty goals and eight assists in their first five games of the season. That's a little bit crazy to me a uh, very solid strong player and i saw him going to somewhere like notre dame where he really just kind of kind of fits in naturally with a great ball moving offense
0: all right I, I mean i like that stop for for holden he could be outstanding in notre dame i did not have him going there um i think he's he's really good i i can see him in a, a high octane offense you know he loves that stuff with Grundy and raymond like his team at Penn State or UVA. I mean, I will say the the one thing that would potentially change his attitude would be if, if Raymond goes to Hopkins, I, I have to think that he would consider making that move with with Raymond. Um but I, I my gut says he ends up at Duke because the blue devils always get one or two kind of high level transfer guys. And if they don't get sours, which I don't think they will, I think I think Duke's the right place for him. Uh, my dark horse candidate for him is going to be Brown just because I think it's a uh, high academic school and Mike Daly's style of play fits him very well. The uh, the other guy I was looking at was Adler, goalie out of St. Joe's. Uh, you know, I really wanted him to go to Hopkins because I felt like goalie was the one spot they needed to make a, a market improvement. Uh, you know, Quint was talking about that Syracuse game, uh, Syracuse Hopkins. And then the first quarter he goes, you know, what if the goalies were different with the score? be different and and i, I remember watching that and thinking to myself gosh it's so true like i i, I was a huge darby fan when he got to hopkins but he he just hasn't amounted to be the goalie that they thought he would be yet and it's not from a lack of effort or that he doesn't care it's just not there yet so i, I want him to go hopkins with with petro out i don't think he ends up there so i think it's probably ends up at unc uh probably because they could use some competition at goalie um but the dark horse is high point just i feel like uh Torpy has a way with, with recruiting guys and, uh, he can point to Troutner and what they did as a team with a strong goalie. So maybe Adler gets excited about that. Um, and then the last one is, is, uh, Will York out of Bucknell. I mean, this guy, I made a joke that this guy's got no time for butter in the middle because he likes goals for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's insane. He's really good. And, you know, Notre Dame hasn't had a, a top inside finisher since Mikey Wynn left. And you know they love that feed the crease types, and maybe I'm biased because I've been watching the 2010 and 2014 championships and seeing Sosha play for Notre Dame and then watching Mikey win for all those years um but I think he fits well um i, I the other place I can see him is also in u v a because if Laviano doesn't come back they need a they need an inside finisher you know and sa- same thing with Yale right u v a and Yale both have those inside guys and Laviano and, and Gaudet, so he could end up with either of those. Um, and then dark horse is Harvard because I think Jerry Burns been around enough lacrosse to know inside finishers are an important part of the game. So those are kind of my three guys. Yeah. What do you guys think of those?
2: Yeah, I think if York gets a chance to go to Harvard, you know, that's a pretty good, <laughs> not a bad school to <laughs> land at.
0: Yeah. It doesn't suck to get an education from there.
2: Yeah, These options for these guys, uh, there's definitely going to be options I and mean, then, they're not bad. It's, it's definitely not bad to be a D1 guy in the transfer portal right now.
0: No, well, it's funny we didn't even mention the option that they could go to D3 or D2, one of the top yeah. teams in those schools, and win a championship. Can you imagine Sowers in in like a Salisbury uniform? That would be insane.
2: Nightmare fuel for them.
0: Thirty points a game just by himself. <laughs> Certainly, be interesting. Uh, so we have a, a couple of quick news items that were not on, on our pre-show notes. Uh, and that is, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but the uh, it, the intercollegiate women's lacrosse coaches association uh, has canceled all recruiting events through the end of 2020. Wow. Ooh. Quick, quick thoughts and feed, feedback on the, on that. Wow.
2: Yeah, that's tough. Especially That's with uh, early recruiting going out
0: the window. Yeah, I, it's not it's not canceling recruiting altogether. It's just canceling the hosted events that they run, which is which is predominantly where most of the recruiting occurs. They they run some of the bigger events in the in the country. Uh, hey, but side note, there is an event in July thirty first to August second. Hey, what event can this? The, be? Some of the best women of the West Coast. At the Grapevine Classic, and uh, we're offering college coaches to come out and recruit at that event. Uh, get in touch with me, P A N C H at one zero one L A X dot com. Uh, that's P A N C H at one zero one L A X dot com. But uh, yeah, I thought this is huge news. Um, I, I hope that this does not happen for for boys and girls, and I hope that all these events aren't aren't stopped. That would be a major bummer for everyone. Yeah. So. I just saw that, and I thought we should talk about it briefly.
2: Yeah. Did you guys see that uh, there was a fake Inside Lacrosse Twitter account?
0: Trolling yeah, everyone this tweet. weekend? The same, same guy as Ty Zanders, who made uh, – not Ty, he made uh, Zy Zanders.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't see any of the tweets of it, but, like, he got a lot of people this weekend very mad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I'll admit I saw a tweet uh that said that sours was going to Hampton and I was like wait what <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I saw that one that was was yeah too much <laughs> yeah
0: I didn't think that quite fit you know I didn't think that was the right place I, for it I was Sowers. like
2: I was like April Fools was two weeks ago like what is this
0: yeah all right fellas well uh, it's been it's been real today uh let's wrap this show up and we'll wrap it up with a quick note uh thank you to everyone who listened to the show. Subscribe to the podcast, uh, rate us, review us, uh, hit us up on social. We are at 101Lacrosse on Twitter and Facebook and at 101 underscore LAX on Instagram. Uh, For John, for Jeremy, I'm Panchito Heda. Thanks for listening.